Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Muslims Want to Know, the show where I try to answer the questions you have about the Bible and Christianity. I'm your host, Reverend Eric Mason. Well, it's been a few weeks since my last episode, and that's because we had a family emergency followed by a short vacation. So I want to thank everybody so much for your patience and your prayers over these last couple weeks. And as always, before we get to our question today, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. The more reviews the podcast receives, the more it comes up as a recommendation for others. And the more it comes up as a recommendation, the more other folks get a chance to hear answers to their thoughtful questions. And speaking of questions, if you have a question you'd like answered on a future podcast, or if you'd like to read transcripts of the episodes, or if you want to learn more by taking online courses... Or, if you'd like to support this podcast, please visit us today at www.muslimswanttoknow.com. As always, each podcast builds on the information from the previous ones. So if you're joining us for the first time, I recommend going back and listening to the previous episodes before resuming this one. Here is our recap. In our last episode, you and I looked at one of the most persistent questions many people in the world continue to ask. Are we living in the end times? Together, we learned that the answer to that question is, yes, we are. The end times is a period of ever-increasing strife and discord leading up to the return of Lord Jesus. And according to what we learned about eschatology, We are living in a time in which the birth pains of this world are getting closer and closer together. We also learned that there seems to be a strong convergence of the prophetic voice of Lord Jesus and the times in which we now live. Despite all of this, we are not called to live our lives in fear of what is going to happen. Instead, we are called to love those around us. And as things progressively deteriorate, our love for our neighbor and compassion for those most vulnerable must and should increase as we await the return of Lord Jesus. In the last episode, we discussed how to live our lives while in the end times. And this is the period of time leading up to Lord Jesus' return. Now, this raises a unique question. If, as discussed in the last episode, we are living in the end times, when will Lord Jesus return? Before we look at the answers to our question today, let me open our time with a brief prayer. God, open the eyes of our hearts that we may hear your words and understand and do your will, for we are sojourners upon the earth. Do not hide your commandments from us, but open our eyes that we may perceive the wonders of your law. Speak to us the hidden and secret things of your wisdom. Enlighten our minds and understanding with the light of your knowledge, not just to cherish those things written, but to seek after you by doing them. Amen. So, when will Lord Jesus return? The answer to this question is not a simple yes or no. In fact, when it comes to the return of Lord Jesus, 
we don't actually know the exact day on which he will return. But like the end times, we can look for a couple street signs and seasons which are marked by the convergence of biblical prophecies and real-world events. And if you recall from the last episode, Lord Jesus himself tells us as much. Matthew chapter 24, verses 32 through 35. Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near, at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The prophets of the Old Testament foresaw a day in which God's enemies would once and for all be dealt with by Yahweh. After the incarnation of Lord Jesus, it was revealed that this final day would occur at his return. And this special day of Lord Jesus' return was often referred to as the Day of the Lord. Fun Fact According to the Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary, for most of the prophets, the Day of the Lord, or the Day of Yahweh, referred to that time when Yahweh would punish not only his people's enemies, but also his people, Israel, Judah, or the Jewish people, for breaking the covenant. Then, either through a new Davidic king or Messiah, or by acting directly, Yahweh would establish his own rule or kingdom over all the earth. In the Bible, the day of the Lord was further revealed to be the day in which Lord Jesus would return a second and final time. At this return, Lord Jesus will come in power and glory. He will come as judge over all the earth. And he will come to reign eternally over a new heavens and a new earth. In the last episode, you and I heard Lord Jesus' lengthy response to a question his closest followers had regarding the end times. Within the context of his answer to them, Lord Jesus says something very interesting about his own return. Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 41. Now concerning that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, except the Father alone. As the days of Noah were, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. For in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah boarded the ark. They didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way the coming of the Son of Man will be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding grain with a handmill. One will be taken and one left. In the context of these verses, one of the first things that should stand out to all of us 
especially if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, is the fact that Lord Jesus states that not even he, the Son of God, knows the day in which he will return. And this brings up a host of other questions. But primarily, the question that arises for us today is, if Lord Jesus is the Son of God, and therefore God, as Christians claim, how is it that Lord Jesus states here that he does not know something as crucial as the date on which he will return? If Lord Jesus, who is God, doesn't know something, he can't be God, right? Well, these are excellent questions to ask because, of course, they directly relate to the deity of Lord Jesus. And the answer to these questions centers on Lord Jesus' incarnation. You see, we must remember that Lord Jesus gave up his heavenly dwelling in order to dwell among humanity. In so doing, he became fully God and fully man. And he gave up his throne in heaven by becoming a servant to humanity on earth. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. As you've heard before in these podcasts, Throughout the gospel accounts, we see Lord Jesus' full power and authority on display. He has power and authority over creation, over sickness, over death, and evil spirits. However, at other times in the gospels, his full power and glory are voluntarily veiled as a result of his being fully man. And again, this is something that we have to remember. We have to remember that in order to take on the likeness of humanity, Lord Jesus voluntarily gave up the fullness of his former glory. And this was not something compulsory, but it was a free, voluntary act of love. In taking on flesh, God the Son was no less than God himself. But, in taking on flesh and becoming a servant to the will of God the Father, the Son entered into humanity as a servant whose glory was purposefully and actively veiled. And this moment, in which Lord Jesus reveals that only God the Father knows the day and hour of God the Son's return, is one such moment when Lord Jesus speaks both as the Son of God and the servant of God. As the Son of God, he plainly states he will indeed return. And as a servant of God, as a servant of the Father's will, his divine knowledge is purposefully veiled and kept hidden. Now, like our last episode, there are no precise dates given to humanity throughout the Bible that indicate exactly when Lord Jesus will return. 
but there are signposts and seasons that indicate his coming. In fact, there are two major events Christians all over the world look at as prophetic indicators as to the near return of Lord Jesus. The first event, the proclamation of the gospel throughout the world. And the second event, the Antichrist reveals himself. The first event, the proclamation of the gospel throughout the world. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Making Lord Jesus known through these podcasts is one of my passions, because I believe that one of the signs of Lord Jesus' return is the proclamation of his story and what it means for humanity. So the logical question that arises from this proclamation of the gospel throughout the world is, when will this actually be accomplished? Well, like the rest of the events surrounding the end times and the return of Lord Jesus, the answer is, I don't know. In fact, I don't believe any of us can know the exact day when the proclamation of the gospel will actually hit all the nations or all the people groups in the world. But with the advent of social media and YouTube and podcasts, I believe that day is quickly approaching. The second event. The Antichrist reveals himself. Paul wrote a letter to the church in Thessalonica about another major event which will happen just before the return of Lord Jesus. This event is the revealing of the Antichrist. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-12 through 12. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled, either by a prophecy or by a message, or by a letter supposedly from us, alleging that the day of the Lord has come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he sits in God's temple, proclaiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this? And you know what currently restrains him, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. But the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working with every kind of miracle, both signs and wonders serving the lie, and with every wicked deception among those who are perishing, 
they perish because they did not accept the love of the truth, and so be saved. For this reason God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie, so that all will be condemned. Those who did not believe the truth, but delighted in unrighteousness. According to Paul, the man of lawlessness will be revealed to the world, and then Lord Jesus will return. This man of lawlessness is the person known as the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be a person who will be supernaturally powered by Satan, whose purpose is to destroy the church and attempt to overthrow God and usher in his own kingdom. But according to Paul, the Antichrist will be stopped by Lord Jesus at his second coming. One of the things I mentioned in our previous podcast is that much of what we know about the end times is written in apocalyptic literature. And the same can be said about the return of Lord Jesus. In fact, if you were to go onto YouTube right now and start looking up the answers to when Lord Jesus will return, you will inevitably find thousands upon thousands of videos of people who claim to know either when Lord Jesus will return or people who know who the Antichrist is. With almost all prophecy, however, the revelation of that prophecy does not occur until the moment the prophecy is actually fulfilled. This is why Paul warns us by saying not to be easily upset or troubled, alleging the day of the Lord has come. There is much speculation intertwined with much fear about what's going to happen before Lord Jesus returns. And as we just mentioned, the two main signposts are the proclamation of the gospel throughout the world and the revealing of the Antichrist. So does this mean we must spend our time looking for these signposts? No. God is clear in his message to us. We are not to worry about when the prophecy will be fulfilled, but to be more concerned with how to live until God's time of fulfillment is complete. Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 through 51. Therefore be alert, since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. But know this, if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you are also to be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master has put in charge of his household to give them food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says in his heart, My master is delayed, and starts to beat his fellow servants, and eats and drinks with drunkards, that servant's master will come on a day he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I was recently speaking with a friend over dinner, 
and the topic of the Bible came up and he asked me what my favorite book of the Bible was. My answer was, whatever one I'm reading at the time. And of course, we had a good laugh about that answer. But when I asked him what his favorite book was, he answered, the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. When I asked why that was his favorite book, he said, and I quote, because it tells me all I need to know about what is happening right now. And Jesus is returning soon. And his answer to my question got us into further discussion on this topic that you and I are discussing today. The answers to the question of when Lord Jesus will return. And I'm going to tell you what I told my friend over dinner. The book of Revelation, along with the warnings of the day of the Lord and the return of Lord Jesus, teach us that we are to treat every day as though he will return. This does not mean that we check our YouTube feeds or the papers every day, fearing the end of the world has finally come. It means we, we Christians, who have the preserved words of God, are to continue representing Lord Jesus to those around us. For Christians, representing Lord Jesus to the world means we allow His Holy Spirit to work within us, shaping us more and more into the image of Christ to those around us. I think in the last episode and in several other episodes, I've mentioned how Christians are priests, prophets, and kings. And what is a priest but one who is specially consecrated and ordained to stand before God and the people, to represent the people to God through prayers and personal sacrifice, and to represent God to the people through sacraments and ordinances? What is a prophet but one who warns the people of the coming day of the Lord by calling all people to repent of their idolatry and oppression of the poor the orphan, the widow, and the foreigner. A prophet calls out injustice and warns that sin will not go unpunished. What is a king but one who leads those under his servant care along the right path, exercising justice and mercy toward all? Now you and I can look at each of these titles, priest, prophet, and king, and become overwhelmed at what God is calling us to do. But God is not calling us to reach hundreds or thousands or even millions as his ambassadors on this earth. He's actually giving us a much more difficult and important task. Each of us is called to go to our neighbor. Sometimes this means our neighbor by proximity. But more importantly, it means to go to our neighbor who is hurting. Go to our neighbor who looks nothing like us, who doesn't speak our language. Go to our neighbor who is poor, oppressed, weak, outcast, motherless, or fatherless. Go to our neighbor who follows a different faith and do one thing. See if you can lift that person just a little higher than yourself. See if you can raise them up just a little bit above where they are. 
Remember, to follow God is to follow the one who is love. And to love is to will the good of the other. Love is not an emotion, but an act of the will. As such, God is calling each of us to lives of love. He is calling each of us to follow the laws of love. He is calling each of us to exercise and usher in His kingdom on this earth, even as this world continues on a downward spiral. Today, think of a person in your community who is not as well off as you. Ask yourself, how can I come alongside this person, die to myself, and lift this person up above me? Ask God to give you his heart for this person as you enter into this ministry. And inevitably, when this person asks you why you are doing it, simply respond by saying this. Say, I am doing this because God loved me so much he died for my sins. He died for you too, but he sent me to die to myself so that I might show you his love. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining me. And I hope and pray that as you continue to seek God, you ask for visions and clarity on all these Christian claims. And if you'd like a great resource on the material I covered today, I recommend taking a look at the Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary and the CSB Study Bible. And as always, the Bible translation I use is the CSB translation. And that sound means it's about time to wrap up. Before we close our time together, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. The more reviews the podcast receives, the more it comes up as a recommendation for others. And the more it comes up as a recommendation, the more other folks get a chance to hear answers to their thoughtful questions. And speaking of questions, if you have a question you'd like answered on a future podcast, or if you'd like to read transcripts of the episodes, or if you want to learn more by taking online courses, or even want to support the podcast, please visit us today at www.muslimswanttoknow.com. Well, from my home recording studio in the Little India neighborhood in Chicago, Illinois, to wherever you're listening, I want to say thank you so much for continuing our conversation. Thank you, and God bless. <laughs>